Take four. everyone, and welcome to CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King, and Happy New Year, everyone. Hope everyone had a relaxing holiday. Uh, CBIA kicked off 2020 with our Economic Summit and Outlook Conference a couple days ago, um, and it was a really great event. We had some great panelists, great speakers, got the forecast for uh, Connecticut's economy and the national economy in 2020, uh, heard from legislators, talked about the healthcare industry in Connecticut, and um, about some clean energy initiatives that are happening around the state. So uh, a very wide variety of conversations. And that sort of reflects what this podcast is. So I was live at the Economic Summit and I had an interesting hodgepodge of interviews and conversations. I interviewed two legislators who are also small business owners. I talked with someone from the healthcare industry. I talked to um, a college student who is you know, hopefully going to be taking over his uh, family business uh, later uh, when he's done with school. And then I also spoke to um, an economic researcher in the state about, you know, what she's seeing for Connecticut in 2020. So an interesting hodgepodge of conversations. Um, But those were all the conversations we were having at the event. So I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, let's get to it. Senator Norm Needleman, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. So you're going to be on a panel later this morning um, with a few other uh, state legislators that are also small business owners. So um, what are you looking forward to talking about, you know, as a legislator and a small business owner? How do those two intersect? Well, I'm, I'm uh, actually very upbeat on the state of Connecticut. I think that there's a lot of good things happening here, and I want people to know that. Um, I've, I've been in business in the state of Connecticut for 40 years, and we employ 150 people here and 100 people in Michigan. And um, both places are great to, uh, places to operate. This Connecticut always has a few things that they could do better at, but I haven't found Connecticut to be an impingement to my success. It's good to hear. Uh, So what are you looking forward towards in 2020 as a business owner? Are you uh, planning on hiring, making investments, expanding? What are your plans for 2020 right now? Well, we are a manufacturing company. And last year we made enormous investments in consolidating our facilities and moving stuff around strategically between our plants in Connecticut and our operation in Michigan. And I think that I've... uh, suggested to my sons who pretty much run the company that this should be a year that we sort of absorb that and uh, you know ratchet back and let's just see how things have worked out um, with the changes we made we need to settle into what we've done sure uh, so you mentioned your son so this is going to be a family business well I kept the business long enough to see if my sons were interested in um, being involved and as it turns out they've both worked there since they were teenagers and uh, they have uh, an interest and they're very talented and um, I have six grandchildren who live in the same town which is a wonderful part of it so we are in the middle of doing a second generation transfer. That's that's really good to hear. Um, so as a legislator, as a state legislator, what are you looking forward towards in the 2020 legislative session, which begins in about two or three weeks? 
Well, I chair the Energy and Technology Committee, and uh, last year we had an incredibly busy year. Um, this year, and we did a, ma a massive um, procurement for wind energy, but um, as I learned more about energy, because I didn't uh, get the chairmanship of that committee because they came with um, a huge amount of knowledge about it, um, but I've learned, and um, renewable energy, which is the goal at this point for Connecticut and, and um, for the country, hopefully, um, hopefully, is um, is something that requires um, more thought than just flipping on a gas power plant or a nuclear power plant. You know, when the wind isn't uh, blowing and the sun isn't shining, you need to continue to generate energy or store the energy that you've generated during the hours that you have wind and sun. So I think this year we're going to focus uh, somewhat on um, a procurement for battery storage. Um, so I think that that's going to be one of our big uh, initiatives. We have a few other things um, that we're looking at doing, and in the broader way, uh, there are a few fixes to the budget that I think need to be made, minor fixes. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I, last year was my first year. It was a lot to absorb in one year. I think we, we did a great job. I think we put out a balanced budget. Our rainy day fund is quite significant. We're being seen differently in the eyes of the rating agencies and in the eyes of Wall Street. So Governor Lamont has done a good job on, um, on a lot of those things and the legislature has helped. Great. And last question from me. So with your work on the Energy and Technology Committee and also as a manufacturer, I'm sure you use a lot of energy. So have you implemented any sustainability uh, initiatives within um, your manufacturing facility? So yeah, of course. Over the last um, over the last eight or ten years, believe it or not, our customers—I um, should say that a large part of my business is selling directly to the retailers. Everything from the small mom and pop shops all the way up to the WalMarts of the world, and um, they drove a lot of that. Um, you know, the Walmart developed sustainability plans for all of their suppliers, which I thought was great, and it's sort of an unsung thing that they've done, but a lot of the retailers are pushing their suppliers to be more efficient. So we've done an awful lot. Um, my buildings are not new, so one of the things I always wrestle with is uh, solar on my rooftop, um, but the, the roof of the building is not new, and um, it would require replacing the roof. But we, we've done a lot. We've improved all of our motors. Um, we've gone to more efficient heating and cooling systems, and my business is a very energy-intensive business, so we've wrung out a lot of savings um, to get there. Eric Galvin from Connecticut. thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, 2020, it's a new year. Uh, so what is Connecticut looking forward towards in 2020? Well, we have a lot of things going on in the health space in, in 2020, and it's going to be a challenging year, very candidly. We have um, a competitive environment where um, we have a, a, a number of firms that have been very, very aggressive, but at the same time, we have been building a lot of capability and we're very interested in seeing how that capability rolls out in the year. In particular, we have a, a partnership with CBIA um, where we are uh, 
we are putting to market a lot more affordable choices for small and large businesses. And so we're, we're very excited about that and seeing how that performs for, uh, uh, for both organizations. Yeah, certainly. And we're really excited about it as well. We're here, we're talking about the economic forecast for right. Connecticut. So maybe from your, your view, um, what are you looking forward towards for Connecticut in 2020? How do you feel? Yeah. Are you confident? Um, I'm, I'm cautiously confident, right? I, I have a lot of optimism about our state. I think um, we oftentimes are our own worst enemy from the standpoint that we talk about things that we don't have or maybe our neighbors to the north or to the south have and we don't. Um, but I think we have amazing assets here in the state and we've got to really start to get behind them, be the chief marketing officer at every opportunity that we can. And this forum in particular is one of those opportunities to be balanced about what do we need to do? What's the hard work that's got to get done? But at the same time, why is it that we know we can win? Um, I don't view us as being disadvantaged because we're between Boston and New York. I think of that as one of the the best um, advantages that we can possibly have. And so how do we how do we leverage that? How do we stop talking about it drawing from us and instead saying we have better home prices, we have better tax, um, uh, home tax um, base, we have um, certainly amazing um, health ecosystem resources, uh, educational institutions. Let's take those and uh, and really propel Connecticut forward. Yeah, certainly. Um, and so in the healthcare space, you're going to be on a panel today about the healthcare uh, industry right now in space right. in Connecticut. Um, what's the biggest issue for the healthcare industry yeah. this year right yeah. now? Um, and it, it is and it will continue to be the, the sustainability of, of price. Um, the costs of the healthcare services are the fundamental issue, um, and not just here in Connecticut, everywhere. If we look at Connecticut compared to the rest of the country, we're, depending upon what source you look at, fifth, sixth, most expensive. And while we have amazing assets, the quality of the outcomes is not um, commensurate with the cost. So we've got to put those things back in line, number one. Number two is we really do have to come to some degree of sustainability over time. We can't have um, costs of care rising at five to eight percent um, every year. And sometimes when you talk about some of the uh, specialty types of, of uh, therapeutics, um, many times that. and. Um, uh, and at the end of the day, um, bringing those things back into balance, and it, you think about it from an economic development point of view, if you're looking to relocate your company to potentially anywhere in the United States, we want to draw because um, not only do we have a, a great set of incentives for that company, but for its workers, we want to have the best, most uh, affordable healthcare system. My name is Joseph Poccio. I'm from Southington, Connecticut, and I'm a sophomore studying business at UConn with an economic minor. Um, I'm part of my family business called SignPro out of Southington, right in 84. We are a national sign company, one of the biggest in New England. And our goal is to really never to move out of Connecticut, try to like stay in Connecticut, see the talent that's here, and really bring business from outside Connecticut into Connecticut, and then keep Connecticut business local and within the, the community. Awesome. So you're still in college, um, so you got a couple more years. Um, but what do you do at Sign Pro right now? Um, right now, right now, I'm obviously a full-time student, but in the summer times, I'm a junior production manager. So I pretty much oversee how the production of all the signs and all the vehicle wraps are going, 
and pretty much trying to stay organized. That's probably the biggest part of the job, just staying organized and then distributing the work to the um, each department and eventually uh, bring it to install, install the sign wherever the customer obviously would like it and then make sure the project goes clean all the way through. Awesome. So um, your father is the owner of Sign Pro. Correct. Did you always know you wanted to go into the family business or is this kind of a new, um, a newer thing? No, I'd say from day one, seeing my dad start his business in his bedroom of his parents' house um, by himself and then grow it to 70 people right now. It's incredible. And um, I couldn't be more proud of my dad. And that's something I definitely want to carry on. Maybe me and my little brother. Um, one day taking over the business. That'd be the goal. That's that's really awesome. You're pretty much born, raised, educated in Connecticut. That's right. Um, do you always want to stay in Connecticut? I would love to, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the goal. I mean, we're in between Boston, New York, great for business. Um, I don't see any real reason to move. There's We're established here in Connecticut already, and I think it's just to keep growing and just keep our business here. Is there anything else coming up for you in 2020? I know you're still in school, but is there anything um, at the business that you want to work on this year or any challenges that you have coming up? Um, something I would actually love to work on is um, we actually just got a new 3D printer. Um, it's six feet by 12 feet tall. Yeah. It 3D prints up to six feet, a six foot tall object. And um, I was never really into computers. Mm -hmm. Like I was more of like the production side and more of like overseeing things. But I think that's something that's really cool. It's one of only two on the East Coast. I think that's something like really unique to be able to work on and have access to. And so I definitely want to take advantage of that printer that we bought at SignPro and really try and like build something cool with it. That's that's really awesome. Um, so I'm sure you have a lot of friends that have moved away from Connecticut have. or have gone to school uh -huh. somewhere other than Connecticut. Because I, I have that same exact situation. A yeah. lot of my friends have gone out, you know, to the West Coast or mm -hmm. to the cities. And, you know, my question is, is always, you know, are they going to come back eventually? Um, that's kind of a tough question. A lot of, so I know a lot of my friends, obviously from high school, they want to go to a city. They, they didn't see, you could live in New York. You could probably live in Boston. I don't know if you could, people see themselves living in Hartford, a Hartford yeah, area. Yeah. Um, but do I think they will come back? I'm not sure because if maybe New York or Massachusetts offers them more, mm -hmm. then it might be tough for them to say, oh, I'm, I'm gonna stay in Connecticut. Like, I don't, I think there, there's, I think there's a f spot for everybody, but if they wanna try and make it here in Connecticut, I think they can. I yeah. think anybody can. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. Yeah. Hi, I'm Laura Devlin, state representative for the 134th district, which includes the towns of Fairfield and Trumbull. I am the House Ranking Member on the Transportation Committee. I also serve on the Education Committee and the Finance, Revenue, and Bonding Committee. Great. So we're catching you as you just came off the panel discussion with three other uh, state legislators that are also small business owners. So what was, what struck you the most about that conversation? There's a lot of, um, uh, it was interesting to learn more about everybody's background, certainly. But one of the things I think that came across is how, as business owners, we um, it influences our role as a legislator. And as more and more business people get engaged in the legislature, even in this past session and on both sides of the aisle, I hear different questions being asked, even in committees, 
you know, um, so I think that that was one thing that was a kind of reinsuring um, and something of interest. A colleague of mine had said at a, a legislative breakfast a week or so ago, which I thought was brilliant, is that the first thing is do no harm. And honestly, I spend a lot of energy trying to stop or amend bills that would be harmful to business. Because many times, you know, just the consequences, even consequences of implementation. Oh, it's just something else you have to report. Oh, it's just another form to file. It's like, no. So um, that's that's probably, you know, the biggest focus and particularly from a, a tax policy standpoint. So you mentioned that you are a small business owner, but uh, you don't have any employees. Is that correct? Correct. But you work with people that, you know, have employees that are employers. What do you hear from them? What is their, what have been their biggest challenges over the past year, past few years in Connecticut? I think one of the biggest challenges is for those successful businesses that talk about growing, are they going to choose to grow in Connecticut or are they going to choose to grow elsewhere? Um, In fact, I just talked to somebody today who lives in one of the communities that I represent and has a business with 130 or so employees and they are at the point that they won't close their business here, but they are not going to expand and they're going to expand in North Carolina. And I think those are also some real frustrating things that when it goes back to our overall environment and business policies and tax policies that are really important. And it's and one of the things I tried to express to the audience in terms of getting engaged is they've got sort of three prongs to think about things from to be able to get engaged. One is the specific industry that they're in, so legislation that would affect whatever business that is, if they're a brewer or a pharmaceutical company or, you know, an insurance company. The other is the broader business environment where there are policies that are going to affect everybody. And then there are also individual taxpayers. So this last legislative session wasn't only one of the least business friendly that we've ever had. It was probably the third or fourth largest tax increase we've had in 10 years. Hi, my name is Alyssa Dijon. I'm the Vice President of Research at the Connecticut Economic Resource Center. What we're hearing across the board is workforce. Workforce is a continuing issue. Uh, you know, Finding that talent here in the state uh, and cultivating it is just something that you're seeing across the board from a, diff- a lot of different industries. And, and so you can see that the state, the governor, um, and the administration really taking a, a keen look at how to help companies. Because it's not just a one-size-fits-all for every company. Um, it can be very specific and, and very personalized. And so trying to figure that out with the Governor's Workforce Council, uh, putting together some state policies, but then also trying to work kind of hand-in-hand with companies that need specific needs uh, is really, really important. Something we're, we're trying to help companies with. We're just so pleased to be working in concert now with the administration with the state's uh, Department of Economic and Community Development. And so we're collaborating with all these agencies uh, to put forward uh, a real statewide uh, economic development plan, something that looks at uh, economic growth and also something that's inclusive. So it includes uh, something for 
all industries and, and all geographies and then all income levels uh, as well, just to make sure that, that populations and businesses aren't being left behind. So that's something that's really important uh, to the plan. What I've been really focused on uh, with the other organizations is the state's economic development plan. And so you're going to see that coming out in the next couple of weeks. And then as a result, uh, CERC will be really digging into more research um, as, a, as a part of that to try to help to figure out how to um, increase economic growth and, and move the needle uh, forward so, so much. Um, do you survey uh, business leaders, business owners primarily? Yeah, we have. We've, uh, we have done uh, specific interviews with some leaders, and we also have a number of, of surveys out and advisory councils, and we're meeting with um, as many companies as possible to get that input uh, and make sure that the plan is, is relevant uh, because we want this to, to really work for people.